You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello everybody, welcome to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowance and I'm joined this evening by Matt Kendrick. There's currently 100 people watching already, we're only 12 seconds in. Uh, this, this YouTube has been live for 15 minutes or so while I've set up. Came home, I'm working for my parents, so I've been to the game with my dad and my uh, Mac said, oh you've got to do a 30 minute update. So I've just been sat around like an idiot trying to use my sister's laptop and she's not here and I don't have the password. So I look a little bit red on this camera, so I'm, I'm very warm. But buzzing with a win at Villa Park. I've had a, I mean, we're not going to overanalyze this too much because that's not you and me, Matt, but I've had a lovely day at Villa Park. Have you enjoyed yourself? I have, yeah, it was very pleasant. Um, parked easily, got away easily. What more do you want? Oh, we won as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wouldn't, I couldn't have predicted a 3 0 after an hour. To no, be honest, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't that confident in it. But as soon as uh, as soon as the floodgates opened, you know, as soon as soon as we, we got that breakthrough, just looked unstoppable, didn't we? I mean, Everton were very very poor. I thought, mm. but what's that noise happening? Let's <laughs> oh, hopefully just ignore it. It's my parents' old fashioned clock in the house. It's just gone nine o'clock. Uh, I think it was. I thought, a, I thought you'd opened your jewelry box or something. There's a little no, ballerina yeah. spinning around. There is an old-fashioned jukebox thing here as well. I'm literally, I'm just, I'm doing what I, the best I can to. And I sort of chuck my laptop in my bag and said, "I'll do it with my parents because that'll be easier." I don't know what I was thinking to be honest. Next time I'm going home because it's been a nightmare. You're painting your parents as being like some eighty-year-old. No, 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 normal fifty-year-old middle middle-aged adults. But uh, I think it was, a, I think it was a wedding gift. There's their wedding anniversary not so long ago, and it's still going. Every so often, the batteries on it go, and it makes a really horrible noise. Uh, anyway, back to the football. Let's try and just try and do this in, in chronological order a little bit when the team news came out uh, I actually saw Ashley Priest's tweet as I was walking <laughs> to the ground and he, he'd done a list of the players that he'd seen coming out of the, um, the corner flag restaurant and obviously if you read it normally you'd see there's about 30 players in it but because I'd I was just walking to the ground I was not really paying attention I, I saw like Sinisalo Steer I was thinking what what formations playing? What's this team we've put out? And I realised what the tweet was. So Villa stick with an unchanged side, apart from Martinez coming in for steer, as most people expected. But still a three at the back, which I wasn't quite sure whether that was just for Chelsea or whether that was kind of a, a not a plan B for Villa. But you almost think of them as a four-three-three or nothing in years gone by. But we've all of a sudden got this this option of going three at the back and, and playing two up front. And again, as much as like you said, it wasn't a three-nil game. Forty-five minutes an, an hour in. The bat looks good for Villa. Yeah, man, I thought he'd, he'd try to crowbar in two of his signings. I thought it was, it was a formation that tried to crowbar in Danny Ings and Twanzebe. But, you know, it worked to the extent that, that Villa kept a clean sheet. Um, it's yeah. weird, isn't it? Because I don't want to dig out Matt Target, but if you just compare and contrast the two wing-backs today, um, and, you know, I'm probably... You know, I, I, I know Matty Cash has scored that brilliant goal with his left peg and bless him for coming to, to where I sit in the Trinity and yes, running the length of the pitch to celebrate with us. That was very nice of him. But I thought he was good most of the game. You know, he was ping, mm. pinging, that, he, he liked pinging that big diagonal a couple of times today, didn't he? From, yeah. from right to left. And I think he pinged one from left to right when they swapped flanks at some stage as well. Yeah, that, that was strange um, when they swapped flanks. I know that it's a, it's a minor thing and I'm not going to read too much into it. But when talk, because I said it to my dad during the game and he was like, oh, you see, you know, they're effectively playing wingers in a, in a wing-back formation. You see wingers swap from, from time to time to, to go at the other the other full-back. So, yeah, but these are wing-backs with, you know, very much one, or for Target specifically, very much one-sided player. Like, I don't want to see Target playing right wing-back too often. And I think somebody came kind of screaming out the dugout. I think it might have been... Um, 
the new the new uh, um, the new coach calls him his man. Yeah, maybe the set piece got him screaming out. He's like, right, switch now, switch back. It's like, right, yeah, get back on your side and don't do that again. <laughs> don't I think it was my, wasn't it, wasn't it mainly a switch that was born out of. Um, Matty Cash taking a long throw from the left anyway. I think, yeah, I think but that, they, just, they just stayed out of position for too long. Like, yeah. I'm not comfortable with this. Get back over there. But uh, to be fair, and we'll talk about Leon Bailey in a sec. He, he was given man of the match on Sky, I think, that I've seen on social media. You know, he's only played 20 minutes of the game. And yeah, he scored and he, he was good. And we all get on to him. But I just said Cash for my man of the match. I know it's easy to say, yeah, he scored as well. So you're just giving it to the goal scorers. But like you, like you said, I thought he was solid. No, I thought... I, thought, I mean, my... my, my Standout players today, I think. I thought Ings was good for his work rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I thought he was probably our best defender in the first half, Danny Ings. He, was he dropped back, very deep at times, didn't he? Yeah. Tracking back, you know, I think he saw him make, make a tackle in the right-back area. Um, probably more sitting more deep than Cash and Conza at that time when he come and, came and tracked back. I thought um, I thought Jacob Ramsey was very good again, very yes. measured. Um, really, really wish you'd have clipped that one just inside the, the near post as Villa started to run right. Um, yeah. Cash and yeah, and Bailey. Um, oh, God. Uh, I'm glad. Bailey I mean, I should... Bailey does what he wants, doesn't he, at this point? Play 20 minutes, come on, score, score direct from a corner. I know, I don't think he's been given the goal officially, but oh, I'm going to say it was going in anyway. Score from a corner, bang on in in front of the hole and celebrate like mad. And then, oh, I'm done now. I'm going off. Tight leg, I'm going off. Oh, I'm done. Yeah, not, I hope. Um, I was just saying, I'm at a 1950s house. That's very harsh on my parents' decor. It's, it maybe does need a little bit of a refresh. I'm sorry, Dad, if you're watching this later on, but 1950s is harsh. It's very beige, though. I'll give you that. It's a nice, nice mug you're drinking out of. It's a nice 1950s mug you're drinking out of there as well. It's Christmas themed. I'm getting on it early. Oh, it's September, <laughs> isn't it? Um, I've got to give a shout out to my son's friend's dad who I've just made to come and collect collect him from, from here rather than dropping him off home. He uh, doesn't really like football particularly, but I thought, <laughs> I promised him if he hurried up and went and, and didn't stay and give me loads of chit-chat on my drive, I'd give him a shout-out. So he said, can I shout-out Ginger Man Boobs, which is not his official name, but <laughs> there you go. So I promised I'd do it. Um, soccer, he's a big football fan, soccer. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about, Leon Bailey? Are we, do, yeah, did you want to go chronologically? Oh, don't care at this point. <laughs> So we've got the first goal, Matty Cash. I thought it was a nice, nice move actually. Was it? Mm. Was it Douglas Louise who slotted him in? Was it Ings and Louise who, who combined down that flank? Yeah, um, I think so. What, um, Watkins, um, Louise seemed to burst forward in that right-sided central midfield role a few times just to get over on the overlap. Um, yeah, it's obviously McGinn going off changes things a little bit. I suppose we should mention that. And four substitutes. I don't know whether this has been cleared up anywhere, but I assume it was that concussion wasn't it? Mings was, was not concussion. McGinn, McGinn. Do you know when Begovic made the save from mm. Mings's header first half? I think McGinn went for the follow up and got a bit of a bang in the head. So I think yeah. that's what's done it. I think when he, sub. when he when he got a bit of treatment, obviously it's right in front of us on the Trinity and the the medics or the physios, whatever, gave him a tablet of some kind. I don't know if that was for a headache or dizziness or blurred vision or something. He swallowed that down, carried on, and then then went down a little bit later and signalled that he wanted to come off. Um, yeah, just assume that I've not seen it anywhere, but assume that was a concussion sub, and that's why we ended up making four in the end. But as Dave Clifton says, we've got 100 million sat on the bench now. Which the big conversation that we've had in, in the previous stuff we've done is, how do you get 
Buendia and Bailey and, and Ings and, and Watkins all on the same side. And the answer you so don't, far is yeah, you, you, don't, don't, you, don't, don't. you don't really get them in a in a three five two or five three two, whatever you whatever you want to call it. So as much as that that system can accommodate Transebi and can accommodate Watkins and Watkins and, and Ings, I mean Leon Bailey played left wing back, didn't he, when he came on? But mm. at that stage of the game, there wasn't going to be much much defending involved. Um, so, but nice problems to have. To be honest, um, and you know, we've, Smith's taken a little bit of flack along the way um, during his time for not being a progressive coach. He's now showing that he can, you know, I'm not saying all of a sudden in, in switching to one different formation, you know, guarantees the progressive coach. But I think it just shows that he is prepared. He's prepared to to chop things around and and try different systems and. You know, it worked to the point that, that that we won the game today. I thought Everton were really. I mean, Everton had got a few players missing, hadn't they? As well, um, but they they didn't really offer much, did they? I wasn't I wasn't bothered about Everton really. There was nothing that I was never really concerned about them at any point. I heard Smith on the radio on the way back, and he said, interestingly, he thought that the, the five minutes or so before Cash opened the score, and he thought that not that I, I don't think he said that Everton were getting on top, but that was kind of their best spell, or they were getting a bit more of a control. And I thought the same. That I suddenly thought this this might not go the way we want, and it might kind of fizzle out. And that, that goal certainly changed it in terms of the atmosphere as well. I thought Villa Park was, was electric after that. And then obviously the, the, the following goals come. I've, I've done a little cheeky tweet that it, that it was nine minutes in dreamland for Villa with, with the three goals coming in those nine minutes. But you know, that, once that second went in, especially I thought that's game over. There's no way everything come back from that. But even throughout the game, I just don't think they had enough to, to threaten really. Rondon's up front. Yeah, I mean, Rondon, I didn't want to say before the game, you don't want to fight. You know, Rondon's not the world's biggest goal threat, is he? Um, yeah. No Calvert Lewin, no Rich Charleston, no Pickford um, in goal, and yeah, yeah, yeah. just thought he, he, you know, Villa, Villa sh- should have should be winning. Like, I know, uh, you know, I'm not delusions of grandeur, but Villa Villa should be winning winning games like that. And mm-hmm. the fact they ended up, well, we ended up winning it so convincingly towards the end was, uh, yeah, it, it put the put the cherry on top of a very productive afternoon. I think there was a lot made of their opening start and they've got, I think it was 10 points from the first four and how, how well they'd done. And you kind of say, yeah, everything had a good start. But Villa on seven points now after after the same amount of games played. is you know, Everything had a good start and you'd probably say, Villa had a good start then, to only be three points behind. Um, but unless you're one of the elite, you don't, like us last year when we started the season well, that doesn't last forever, does it? I know it's a, it's a cliche and it's very low level analysis to say it, but Everton weren't going to keep that up forever, were they? They, they, they had a good record away from home. We've been good at home this season. I think that's unbeaten in three now. They're good this season, we've only played three. Um, but still, you can only beat what's in front of you. But I just never felt that Everton were threatening enough. And I did think if we scored first, then we'd go on to win. And yeah, once, once that second went in, that was game over. And, and like you said, the third was a cherry on, on top of the cake. So. A nice, comfortable evening at Villa Park for me, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, we'll leave the analysis more in depth to um, to the guys on Monday because not that I don't want to do it, and I'm not capable of doing it, but I know that's not us either. Don't, don't want to now. I've just enjoyed a, a good day at Villa Park. It's a clean sheet and three goals. I've had a nice time. That's as far as it goes for me at, at nine o'clock on a Saturday night. I'm back home with a <laughs> cup of tea. <laughs> I thought um, I thought the Everton fans were a little bit quiet as well, and you know, I know well, that's not brilliant. Game. To be fair. No, three three nil down. Um, you're not going to expect much, but the the away end emptied quite quickly as well, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, by the time the five minutes left, there were only about a third of the Everton fans back in there. But not that I was really fussed by them by then. Um, you know what I found? 
<laughs> I find really interesting. I was laughing with me nephew about this. Austin McPhee just he kind of just springs up as soon as he's he a out of way, doesn't he? I know that's his job, but he just springs up as soon as he's a throwing or a corner. He's just yeah. there and he's barking orders. And I, I said, I wonder what he's like in. Tra- he must really hate it when they do five sides in training. You know, when they do <laughs> set piece drills, he must come into his element. But he must just sit there in a sulk. If they do mm. doing like no head height little knockabouts in in training, um, but you know, I, I suppose the the proof it's interesting in it because as soon as we get we got a like Leon Bailey takes that corner, puts a bit of whip on it, and and we scored a goal. Now I'm not sure that Villa have found who their set piece taker is. Um, yeah, I think Douglas Luiz so took a couple in the in the first half. Douglas Luiz took one that was brilliant. He took a brilliant one that 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 Mings tested Begovic from. Came came out for another quarter, and then he just played it along the floor to the first man. Um, so, if you have got a set piece coach, you probably need to have. I'm not saying that Dean Smith changes his formation just to accommodate Leon Bailey, but you probably need somebody who can deliver properly. Mm. Um, there was a nicely yeah. worked set piece. I don't know. I don't know who who took the the, the um, free kick. It was out on the right hand side. If I'm on the Trinity side, and they play it in towards, I think it was target, and you kind of think, oh. What are they doing here? Like a sideways pass. I like just get it in the box and he whips it in. Cons heads it down. Probably supposed to go to a forward to get a shot off. I think Mings knocks it on again and then then Mings doing again, it. Mings doing his again over the bar. And you kind of think again, low level analysis to me would be sat in the ground, but they pass it sideways to target. I'm thinking, oh, just get it in the box and then do a nice little routine. I think, oh yeah, <laughs> good work for it. I like that. They don't no, know what they're doing. It looked like there's some some work went into it. Um what's gonna say? Oh, um, Brilliant, um, brilliant dad joke. Do you see the dad joke that I tweeted before the game? I've not, I've not. I, I tweeted a picture of Villa Park when I got there and said, Right, I'll see you all in a few hours. And I've got phone service again. I'll, I've not really checked my phone since. So, no, I've not seen it. Do you want to crack it now? And it genuinely wasn't me this time. It's not a kind of friend of a friend thing, but there's a bloke who sits in front of me with a couple of young kids. And uh, one of the kids said, that, <laughs> Dad, dad, has Hercules um, got a bigger head? And his dad said, Yeah, yeah, he loves himself now. <laughs> Christ. I, thought, I thought it was quite amusing um, anyway the other thing that I wanted to say and again this was a, the, something that I tweeted before the game is hi ho silver lining what's your verdict on it because it, it don't really do anything for me yeah it's alright you can only sing two words to it you change you change the silver lining to Aston Villa you clap a little bit and then it just rolls round again it's just mm. a bit of a a bit and of a bit when it rolls around to the chorus, no one really knows what's going on either until it comes yeah. back again. I suppose it gets people up for it a little bit. I'm not really bothered about it. I always associate it with wolves. Don't know where that. Yeah, where but it is more wolves, and I just yeah. I find it a bit. I don't like to artificially manufacture an atmosphere either, and the atmosphere will build up Villa without having to be giving I, this little kind of prod. There was there was a period I think after that, just before the players come out, they were still playing music, and there was a, a round of la 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 going around. I know you don't really like that either, but I thought turn the music off. Like we don't need it. some like random pop song on here. Like I'm sure we can make our own atmosphere here. But we're going off the um, off topic a little bit there. Talk to me about Leon Bailey then, the guy that comes on and, and plays when he wants, scores when he wants. I don't know, I don't know whether it's as simple as say that he changed the game, but. We do we do score all the goals so when he's on the pitch and he does look dangerous, he looks exciting and from the little bits I've seen on social media while I was waiting for my laptop to load up, it seems like people are falling in love with him already and he's becoming a, a little bit of a, a cult hero after about an hour of football he's played. Yeah, I think we I think we just been crying out for him though. So we're so desperate to see him play. Mm. You know, maybe maybe he only does arrive in 
20 minute bursts to be yeah. honest but it was so good having us waited and waited and we've all seen the little bits that he's done you know the bits that he's done in the villa shirt so far i mean i love last week when he's trying he's, he's nutmeg somebody near the near the touchline yeah. uh, near the news Blonde, I think it was. we've all seen his highlights reels as well from his time in germany and i think there's such a clamor for him that when he actually came on and within that brief cameo you know delivered the goods it was it was brilliant and you know, I've just seen the interview with him that he that he's given. I just watched it on YouTube, and he's saying, you know, touch wood. I think he felt he got a slight muscle injury. I think he wanted. I saw that he hit, hit the ball too hard for the goal. Yeah, that's like a that's very it. rock and roll injury to get, isn't it? I scored yeah. too hard. I got injured. I can't yeah, you that. would think you would think that a professional footballer would be able to withstand the rigors of <laughs> yeah. kicking a ball. Um, yeah, but yeah, but he's one of these ones that we look back on in future and go, oh, that's what. That's why nobody took a punt on him because he gets injured just <laughs> kicking a football. Well, he did. He did give it a good old whack. To be fair, I thought. I mean, I thought that was a brilliant goal. I thought Ings's ball, mm. you know, to just even think. I think Ings kind of played it half blind. I think, and Bailey's kind of Bailey's done the, the, the little header down, and then just thought, yeah, have this. I'm just going to smash it. Um, yeah, he was. It just seems to. Um, I don't know. He just seems to have that little kind of bit of charm to him, doesn't he? You know, he seems, he seems like a really likable fella. Obviously, yeah. scoring goals and winning games helps him become more likable, but he just seems like a lovely fella. Um, so I suppose the question here is, and maybe this isn't one for, for nine o'clock on a Saturday, and it requires a little bit more thought. If he is fit and, and ready to go, and it is just a, a you know, almost a precaution to bring him off at 3 0, the game is won, isn't it? If you know, there's no point letting him play on for the 15 minutes and making any potential injury worse. So, yeah, get him off. He's done his job. That's fine by me. So, if he's fit and ready to, to go and start next week in theory, do you start him now? Is he is he too dangerous and too 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 much of a, a good option not to start? Or do you have to think? Well, we played well against Chelsea. Yeah, we lost, but we played well with the three at the back. We've won convincingly at home today with the three at the back. Do you do that again at Man United next week and go three at the back again and, and stick with this while it's working? Or do you think no, we need to change it and, and get somebody like Bailey in from the start because unless Bailey's going to come and takings or Watkins place as a number nine in a three five two, which doesn't make sense to get him in. You you've got to go to a four three three, haven't you? So if you were boss thing, and we'll, we'll talk about Smith in a sec, what would you do? It's really difficult, isn't it? It's a really difficult dilemma, I think, because like you said, I don't think you can get him in that system. I'm not sure you're gonna go you know, I don't think Target will start next week, if I'm being honest. I think I think Ashley Young might be back in there if if Really? Why? If does I just don't think he. I thought he was thought he was really disappointed today. Just disappointing today. I don't think he looked fit. I thought he gave the ball away too often. Um, did you? Why, why did you? <laughs> have I seen that? Am I the only one who's oh, seen that? I just didn't. Well, I didn't think anything of him really. I didn't think he was poor. I didn't think he was was great. I didn't think he did anything wrong though. I think he he came off for a tactical reason. I, I, I thought you were going to suggest that he's injured, and I've just not seen it. Well, I'll play target again next week. I think the he's on change team. I think isn't it? That's what I do. I don't, I don't. While it's working, I don't think you change it for the sake of it. But I know Smith said it's. I don't know. He, it's his words specifically. But it's horses for courses, isn't it? And you change your side for the opponent. So I understand that. But if three five two is working at the moment, you do that against Man United, and you've got someone like Bailey to come on for half an hour again. And at the moment, that seems to be working. So, like you said, maybe Bailey is that player at the moment where he's he's fit enough to play half an hour and comes in and and, and does the job rather than start games and fizzle out. Yeah. Well. However, he, you know, whatever he does, I don't think Bailey will be playing left wing back against Manchester United. Oh no, at Old, at Old Trafford. So 
in that case, Smith will have to if he wants to if he wants to accommodate him, he'll have to change the formation. I don't really see that happening either because I don't know which one. I mean, I thought Watkins was probably the quieter of the two out of him and Ings, but I don't I don't know mm. which one Smith would drop to accommodate him. But we'll see. I mean, before then, we got Chelsea, haven't we, in the cup? And yeah. I'm not sure. It'd be interesting to see how strong Smith decides to go with that. Now, in the early rounds of the cup, he doesn't. You know, he normally. You know, he normally makes up to nine or ten changes, doesn't he? I don't think he. I don't think he'll do that. I think he'll probably do a mix and match team with, you know, probably make about four or five changes from from today for for Tuesday. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't. I think he probably will go very similar next weekend because I think now he's now he's hit upon that formation and Villa have produced two decent performances with it. I don't think he'll be. We wanted to, to change it change it too quickly. So, and equally, well, you know, he's got a ready made excuse to say Bailey got a slight, a slight muscle injury. We'll we'll have him as an impact sub again next week. Let me interrupt there. And the reason we do these live is because we get people in the comments who know more than we do and are more switched on than we are <laughs> at this time of night, saying that Twanzabi can't play next week against his parent club. That's an excellent point from people who've done done more research than us. So, I mean, if I'd have thought about it, I would have, I would have realised. But yeah, at this point in time, we that's don't need to think about it. We've got research. Yeah, we've got Villa fans here who are happy to jump in and tell us where we're wrong. So yeah, Twan Zabi won't play next week against Man United as his parent club. So you either play three at the back with Courtney Hawes, which instantly I'm 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 shivering with with anticipation, thinking that's a bad idea. So I personally wouldn't go with that. So. It almost goes default to 4-3-3 next week for me. And <laughs> Bailey comes in. Problem solved. I wouldn't want Courtney Horse playing against Man United. But I know we'll talk about Mingsy well in a second. We are going around in circles a little bit here. But last week, people were saying, oh, get Mings out of the team. Got Courtney Horse to come in and replace him. And I'm thinking, Courtney Horse isn't... He's fourth, like, no disrespect to him, but he's fourth choice centre-back for a reason, isn't he? Like, I won't be starting him against Man United, personally. No, I agree. I agree. I uh... I don't think. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, but I don't. I don't think Smith will play a three with Courtney Hawes in it. To be honest, so I think it will. You know, I'm glad people have pointed that out to us because I think he, I think it will revert to a four. Um, but then that's again. I suppose it depends depends on McGinn's injury. Whether mm. he, you know, whether McGinn comes back in, I think it probably does go to a to a four three three. Does that mean that that one of Watkins or Ings? Does drop out, or does it mean that Watkins plays plays off one of the flanks, Ings plays down the centre, and then we have Leon Bailey and or well, or or one of the alternatives? But yeah, it's really, it's, it's, I forgot about that. To be honest, that, that mm-hmm. Twanzebi was um, was ineligible. So there's, there's lots of choices. Comments, isn't lots, I know it sounds a bit of a cliche, but it's, it's, it's nice problems to have, isn't it? Yeah, there's a few people saying you know it's hot, it's unfair on Hawes. He's never really let us down. Uh, some people saying that sure he'll play Hawes and stick with the three at the back. So yeah, if the formation kind of wins, then Courtney Hawes does come in. But if if Smith's ready to be adaptable and change things for the opposition, and he'd rather kind of have have Bailey as this wild card coming in to start and, and changing the formation to not surprise Man United, but it's good to be flexible. Then yeah, maybe they do go with that. Oh, I just uh, the thought of Courtney Hawes playing in the back three away at Old Trafford makes me a bit nervous. No, agreed. I mean, the other thing I was going to mention was, am I right in thinking that that when Dave and Martinez landed this morning? Yeah, we talked about this on the way there, and I assume Villa, well, obviously Villa would have known that was the arrangement from the start anyway, and kind of made a big deal, didn't they, about, oh, they'll only miss one game, they'll definitely be back for Everton, so them getting back this morning's 
almost irrelevant because when we jet lagged in Croatia, although it's not a long flight, might have been a bit tired and journeying with the squad again. But when Dio, I said in the preview, there's not really any need essentially to play him because we've got so many creative options anyway, and he doesn't even come off the bench today. Your record signing, but M. Martinez was always going to come straight back in, wasn't he? Because you know, goalkeeper is <clears throat> a bit different, and he's number one, so. He's come in, kept a clean sheet. He only arrived in Birmingham today and he finishes the day with a clean sheet. What more can you expect? Probably could have caught him on a bit of kip during the game as well, and couldn't he? He could have stayed in Croatia, to be fair. Hardly troubled, was he? Yeah. Um, there's, there's a few comments. I don't really know why we're doing this, but there's a few comments asking, do Villa fans hate Man United? Do we hate Man United? I'm sick of losing to them all the time. I know that. Not as much as we did. Cocky used to be like early 90s when Villa were on the brink of actually challenging to win the title and United United beat us to the title was it 90 That's first season of Prem, wasn't it? Are, I think 92 93 and um, <laughs> I probably blame them for I, I thought Villa were pro, I was young and naive then um, used to have a nice party not as big as this one Um <laughs> but I thought back then that Villa on the brink of something, and I blamed United because it was that it was like nip and took the race, the race for the title that year. And you're just supposed to hate them, and then they took Dwight York off us. And mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? It was it was hatred then. I think it's been hard to hate them as much. Well, some people probably hate them as much as they've ever done, but it's been as hard hard to hate them when they've not been direct rivals. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been challenging top four. We've been trying to stay in the Premier League uh, or get in the Premier League for for the last. 10 years or whatever it might be. So, I don't know. I don't particularly like them. Uh, I, don't, I think of them as any other club, really. Then They're not Villa. They're the opposition to Villa. They're, they're annoying. They're, they annoy me. The referee decisions that go for them and the penalties and stuff, that winds me up. The most recent memories I can think of, as we're talking about Man United, is the, the concert one in Project Restart with that penalty that was given, which wasn't a penalty. The 2010 League Cup final, which that's more for Phil Dowd, really, that I hate. Um, and I remember Makeda scoring that goal against yeah. us and it's like his first goal and I don't even know what he's doing anymore now whether he's even still playing it's just, did that one thing disappeared uh, I don't really care about Manchester to be honest or Man United sorry I remember being in snobs when they won the uh, won the European Cup in 99 was it and uh, mm. lots of people celebrating in the middle of a, of a bar club in Birmingham and I thought nah I'm not having that no, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, not having that, having that. Um, uh, but no they're, they're, they're just another team aren't they now to me yeah before we, I ask you the last couple of questions, can you stop fiddling with that pen or whatever it is? Sorry, mate. Sorry, I'm uh, keep dropping it. It's annoying me. Hungry Sorry. to be honest. I can't swim in world, so I just need to go and eat something. Yeah, not, not a pen. Lunch. Um, I'm not going to eat the pen. Mind you, it looks like I've ate the pen. It looks like I've chewed the top of it. Anyway, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about Tara Mings, and there'll be people who've watched our podcast in the last couple of weeks that have seen me tweak about Tara Mings many times. So you know, I don't want to go into it too much. But you're the only person, pretty much, on Claret and Blue that I've not asked about because you've not seen you for a while. So you I want to get your the Chelsea game. Did we do one after Chelsea? I think we did, didn't we? Did we? I don't. Uh, I don't know. We definitely skipped a game, didn't we? Did we not? Oh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Did we speak about Tara Mings there? Or did I ask you about it? I don't know. Ask me anyway. Go on. If ask we did anything. one after Chelsea, I would have asked you about it. Anyway, just less about the. I don't want to speak about the error last week. I want to ask about how he's bounced back today with a clean sheet and what you thought of his performance. Because obviously, again, social media was was rife with discussion on Tyra Mings this week about how oh, he's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. So just your opinion on, on Mings 
and, and what you thought of him today because I saw a comment earlier I've only seen one because we've not talked about saying that he was a colossal defender today um, so if people want to leave their comments on Mings as well get get them in and I'll, I can flash them up on screen I've given my opinion many times Alfresco says here Mings immense so what did you think? Yeah I thought he was good I thought the, the back the back three were largely untroubled mm. to be honest there was a couple of couple of moments but it's weird because I think Mings <clears throat> in a three thinks he can position himself a little bit further forward because he's got that support of, of Konza and Twanzebi behind him. Um yeah, I thought he was um I thought he was solid, but I think I think he largely is solid most of the mm. time, to be honest. I think I think people he makes he, he makes errors, doesn't he? He makes ever, errors because he wants to play he wants to play football the the right way. Uh but yeah, I thought he was um I thought he was the, the Mings that, that we know he's capable of. Um, he's, I think he still is and, and always has been before he got the the armband, a proper leader, and mm. he never shies away from things. So, yeah, good. I, but but Tyro Mings, people saying he's immense and he's class and he's you know unbeatable today. That's that's what he is. That's what he can be. You know, and I think over a 38, 38 game season, you'll probably find that 30, 33 games is like that. Mm. But you'll see the five games because he'll under hit a back pass or he'll be casual in possession. Um, but I've seen some great centre halves down Villa in, in, over the years. None of them are without a mistake in them. None of them, mm. even, you know. Even even the Lord God, our Saviour himself, you know, could occasionally make a mistake. It was very, very infrequent. But I think I think this probably flies in the face of, of, of what I've said by, by having a moan about Target. But I think we should be, I'm not saying you don't criticise people, but I think we should mm. celebrate what we've got a lot more, really. I think these half the Premier League would, would, would love Tyra Mings in their ranks. We're lucky enough to have him, so... Yeah, we we made a point of it last week. I'll just check. We didn't do a Chelsea post-match podcast last week. We did it on the Monday and we did like an hour of, of chatting. That was me, James and Ash. Oh, so, no, I wimped out because I was feeling I wasn't feeling very well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. we just didn't do one, did we, for, for several different reasons. I think Ash was getting a train late or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, you, like we said, you can criticise and you can criticise a performance. That's absolutely fine. But when it reaches into abuse and stuff, that's why we, why we point stuff like that out. It's just some of the stuff we saw on social media this week was weird compilations of his mistakes over this, his time at Villa and stuff like that. I just don't understand if you're a Villa fan, support the Villa players. That's, that's as far as it goes for me. Um, and on that same vein, support the manager. There's been, again, Dean Smith, Dean Smith out stuff this week and reports that he's got to pick up form over the next few weeks so he's going to lose his well, job. On, and it's, it's, like, what? It's, on, it's on social media and it's not real life, is it? Yeah, I know, but this is what I mean. But this, this podcast is on social media. This is the world we're living where where these things come up and... You know, you'll hear all this stuff, and we've touched on it in this podcast anyway. But Smith, you know, tactically inept and doesn't know what to do if he if Grealish isn't there, and all these kind of things. And we've got the guy coming out with with two different formations this year, and, and a bench that's really solid, and and looking like we're, we're finally finding a bit of a groove now. So we said this month was going to be a test. Played well against Chelsea, but lost one today. Cup game coming up, and then Man United and Spurs before another international break. And if Villa come out of those games with a, with a couple of points, you know, or three or, or six, if we're in dreamland, then then things are you know a lot brighter for Villa. And I don't know what people expect when we when we see the Dean Smith out stuff, and you need another manager to get you to the next level and all that. It's just we've had year on year improvement, and yeah, I don't know how many more times we can talk about stuff like this on the podcast while, while we're still, while we're doing well at the moment. 
What's the point? <laughs> I don't know why I've even brought this up, basically. <laughs> you know, listen, people are entitled to think what they think, aren't they? People have different standards. People have different reasons for going on social media. You know, sometimes if you can shout the ladies with the most controversial opinion in the in the room, it gets attention for you, doesn't it? So mm. just, I don't know, you, you go to the match with your, your dad and your granddad and you chat to them. And I think, you know, if you have a reasonable idea of what you expect and what you want and what you demand. And if somebody is appalling, somebody's really bad, you'll be honest enough to say it. If somebody's fantastic, mm. you'll be honest enough to celebrate it. Not everybody is of the same is of the same rational mind, are they? Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I don't you know, take it with a pinch of salt, to be honest. You know, there'd be lots of people on here who think we speak nonsense and Yeah, that's, of course. That's yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Supermark says, get Smith out for a curry and a couple of beers. <laughs> I love that. That's a good comment. Um, the last one I wanted to touch on before we leave, because uh, we've reached our half an hour mark on a Saturday evening. If I can find it, uh, it's before the Ming stuff. Bear with me, everybody who's watching along live. Uh, oh, I can't find it, but it was funny. But I, I know what it was. I don't know who said it, so apologies. They said, is it true that Matt Kendrick only comes on the podcast when Villa win? Where have you been, Matt? I wasn't very well last week. I think it was... Um, I don't know whether it was a little bit of... Um... Seasonal disorder, you know, because the nights are getting dark, aren't they now? It's very and, dark uh, now. I know it's half nine, but coming back in the in the dark, I'm not used to that. It should still be sunny. Yeah, well, I think I had a bit of a mix. I mean, I don't want, don't want this to turn into a kind of consultation with your like GP Rollinson, <laughs> but I got a bit of hay fever and I got a bit of IBS. Too much information, I know, and it oh, was uh, God. it was all it was all getting getting too much for me. So perhaps Villa winning is the only tonic. Yeah. So more for you know more of it, please. Just what the doctor ordered. Before we go, nice retro shirt. We've not coordinated to both wear a blue '90s away shirt, but um, yeah, good choices. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to show you the the AST computers on it. It's a bit mouldy. It's uh, a bit uh, yellow. It's a bit yellowy from the loft. So uh, uh, yeah, you just see my lovely bald head and the, the top half of my shirt. Well, I tried a couple on this morning before I left and thinking, oh, don't, what shirt shall I go with today? And some of them were a little bit tighter than they were a few months ago. So <laughs> I think I need to go to the gym or something to get into some of the shirts. Was that Benjamin Slimming World? No, I don't live Friday. here now, do I? I'm not going to come all the way to Hales Owen to go to Slimming World with you. Come with me. It's brilliant. Just get get part of ladies tutting at you if you put a pound on. Yeah, honestly, get that, get that at home. <laughs> don't need to go out <laughs> um, maybe we, do, do you remember once when we said we should go for a run? Do you remember that? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> you said we should start doing some exercise together. I think this was in the first lockdown. That we, we, you and me should meet up because we live close and go walking or running together. That never happened, did it? Can you imagine me turning up with my headband and my wristbands on? <laughs> and, my, and my leg warmers. I'm like Leon Bailey. I can only do two minutes and I get a, a tight calf and I have to come off. Um, should we call it a day there? Is anything, are there any other shout-outs or any other nonsense you want to get through? No, I didn't, I didn't get I didn't get accosted by anybody today. Oh, cool. A bit disappointed. I actually know. had, and I don't oh, do ever want to mention this because I can imagine the comments where they had, you know, when someone recognises you, but they don't come over or say anything, but they just like look at you and go like, oh, look, that's... And then speak to somebody. I had that happen to me today and I thought, mm, that's probably somebody going, Oh, that's that geezer off the podcast who talks rubbish to their mates. Yeah. Just walked off, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's disappointing." That's like, if you if you don't recognise me, I'd rather they just said like, "Oh, that's that guy from the podcast." Oh, you're right. I had the, the guy on my row come up to me again saying, oh, "I watched podcast last week, and you mentioned me." Blah, blah blah. So he's had another mention this week. So I'll speak to you at Walls, mate. I want to see you next. Um, but yeah, we'll call it a night there. I can go home and 
go back to my actual house and get this this tin pot set up out next game I'm, I'm not doing this again i'm not coming back to the 1950s for the podcast i'm going to go back back home the clock with you, though. yeah that's embarrassing wasn't that going off i wish I, if we weren't doing this live i would have cut that out but it's the, this is the uh, the problem with live content um thank you very much for all the comments and tuning into this podcast the three o'clock games that we've had when we've done these afterwards we've had like a couple of hundred viewers which was less than obviously people at games but for this for some reason this night time one we've got 500 people still watching at this time um so that's that's brilliant that people are tuning in thank you very much for that um matt thank you for coming on um and, and battling through your high fever and other issues to, to to come and sit with us massively appreciate it like i said thanks for all the comments for for correcting us on to and um we'll be back with a more in-depth podcast on monday i believe james rushton will be hosting that to uh, actually speak about football for for half an hour or so rather than absolute nonsense like us um so yeah before i say thank you very much again one more time we'll see you again soon Loads of comments still coming through. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Well done. Villa. Cheers, lads. Up the villa. Up the villa. Thank you very much. And goodbye. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the villa. Up the villa.